In the name of the loving, life-giving, and liberating God, who is Blessed Trinity. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. When we hear the Gospel passage today, we likely have different reactions, depending on how we may have interacted with the Book of Revelation or with apocalypticism in general, because that's what this passage is today. It's apocalyptic. For me, I cringe inwardly when I see these passages coming up in the lectionary, not because I dislike them, but because apocalypticism is so misunderstood in the popular Christian imagination that I know it's going to hit all of us differently and distract from the one thing that apocalypticism is supposed to do, which is to spread hope. Now, depending on your interaction with apocalypticism, that fact that apocalypticism is meant to spread hope may come as a surprise to you. Personally, I was neck deep in the Left Behind series as a kid, and everything I heard about the end times seemed terrifying. This passage would have been anxiety-inducing, but that is not how it's meant to be. All of that comes from a fundamental misunderstanding of apocalypticism. The word apocalypse means to unveil, to reveal. It is an unmasking of the way things are. This does not mean that an apocalypse is not painful. We are in the midst of an apocalypse ourselves, just as Luke's original audience was. Our lives have been changed in the past 20 months, and those things that have been revealed about the way our world is ordered probably cause us some grief. But this is not something that God inflicts upon us, a tribulation specially ordered by God to punish us for our wrongs. No, it's a revelation of the sickness which already dwelt below the surface, and a chance to move more fully into the kingdom of God. And I can read Apocalypse in this way because that's how the original audience would have received it. Already at the time of writing, the Gospel of Luke was speaking to two different audiences. First, Jesus was talking to his own disciples, who would soon experience an apocalypse as Jesus was put to death and later was resurrected. And at the same time, Jesus was speaking to Luke's own audience, the followers of the way, who had recently witnessed or heard about the destruction of the temple in 70 AD, an apocalypse of their trust in particular institutions and buildings. In both cases, their world was being turned upside down, and they needed the reminder to look up, to lift their chins, and to work towards the future that God had been telling them about since their own prophets during and after exile. That this passage was written, knowing already that it was speaking to two separate audiences, shows us that apocalypse is not tied to a specific future happening, but that we constantly face revelation in our own lives. And it is often painful, as a reworking of our worldview often is. 
But remember what I told you the final purpose of apocalypse is, to spread hope. In the face of the revelation that things are still not as they should be, God tells us that the kingdom of God is still being formed. And in the end, justice will prevail. Isaiah tells us that a righteous branch will spring up, bringing the world to justice. So as we face our apocalypse, whether it is the communal one that we are all facing right now, or our own small revelations, we can remember that God's promises do not waver. That when God came into the world through Mary, the kingdom of God drew near. And, as Jesus told us, the kingdom of God continues to be near. Already and not yet. Apocalypse draws back the curtain a little further to show us where our own world does not yet align with the kingdom of God and invites us closer to the full realization of God's reign. We groan as we wait for the kingdom of God, knowing that God could bring it now. Except that relationality has always been important to God. Being in relationship with each other and with God is the final vision of the kingdom of God. You cannot have the kingdom of God without relationships. And so this is something that we are called to participate in. You are likely familiar with the story of Cain and Abel in the Bible. They were the first brothers, and out of envy, Cain killed Abel. When God confronts Cain, he asks him where his brother Abel is. Cain replies, am I my brother's keeper? This question has passed into our common idioms and gets thrown about often enough. Except the answer to Cain's question is yes. Yes, we are our sibling's keeper. Yes, we are responsible for each other as much as we are responsible for ourselves. That grates against the American psyche. But I can tell you, that there is a growing group of young people outside the church who believe that we are responsible for each other. Just because they have observed how our actions affect each other. How much more is the impetus upon us to believe that we are responsible for each other when Jesus preached it every day of his life? The Good Samaritan being a prime example. We are to love our neighbors as ourselves. What does that mean except to help our neighbors and nurture them as we would want to be helped and nurtured ourselves? To view them as nothing less than ourselves? Doesn't that create responsibility for the people around us? Doesn't that mean that when they hurt or struggle or shout with joy, that we do the same? It is appropriate that Advent begins with an apocalypse, with a glimpse behind the curtain to the justice that pervades the kingdom of God. Advent is a season of preparation, 
And we can use this Advent time to reflect upon revelations we have received in the past 20 months, to think deeply about what we have learned as the world has changed around us. And let's then use that to envision how to put our world back together, not to return to normal, but to reach further towards the kingdom of God. As we move towards our annual remembrance of Christ's birth, let's lean into how we can be shaped more fully into the kingdom of God on earth. This is not something that we accomplish on our own without God's help, but it's also not something that God does without our participation. The kingdom of God without relationships is void. So this Advent, how can we shape our families, our church community, our wider community, our society, into a more faithful image of God with us? Apocalypse unsettles us, but it's only because it shows us that there is still more space for us to come closer to God. Can we let go of the fear that accompanies apocalypse and jump into the hope that God continues to mold creation into the perfect picture of love, which is the kingdom of God? Beloved, let's jump in together. Amen.